Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And welcome into the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky, and today we are joined by Joe Haggerty. Hags, what is up? The rules have been reversed, Evan. You are I, the you are the master, and now I'm the pupil hosting the show. I like it. I I, I have to drive the bus now. This is this is <laughs> that's I, right. I, I, do I have my license? I don't even know the if I have my is license. All on Aaron Marinovsky right now. <laughs> it is. It is. How are you? Good, buddy. How are you doing? I am good. Uh, it's funny, though. I love coming on your show because when I do Poke the Bear with Connor, I host it. And when I do Bruins Beat, I host it. So it is fun to just be like, oh, well, I don't have to come up with topics. I just have to go on and talk a bunch of stuff. And whatever he says, I just have to respond to. So That's it. Uh, it, it is nice to, to, to be hosting again, though. Um, the, guest, the guest lifestyle is, is a nice lifestyle to have on a podcast. It really is. It is. Like, think about, like... The celebrities are the, the the high up famous people, uh, whether it be in sports or, or in uh, lifestyle, who just can go like have their own podcast, but somebody hosts it. Yes. So then they just sit there and it's like, ah, oh, whatever I think about something, I'll just riff on it, you know. And then some uh, other person just asks them a bunch of questions just to keep them rolling. Like that must be nice. Like you just go on and on about whatever. So. That's when you know you're truly big time when you you're like the podcast has your name and it's your podcast and you don't even host it. That's when. You're- <laughs> I agree. I agree with you that it, you're 100 percent right. Um, but sometimes it is fun to. Uh, direct it in your own way. Um, yeah. It's funny, though. Sometimes, I'll, like, with Connor, him and I will get into, like, a, uh, we'll talk about, like, a movie or something, and people in the YouTube comments are like, why aren't they talking about the Bruins? So, and it's <laughs> it's true. People only tune in for our Bruins opinions, so I, I get that. I, I can live with that. Yes. You go down the uh, uh, Toucher and Rich, uh, or now it's Toucher and Hardy, I suppose, rabbit hole. Yes. Of- uh, not talking enough about sports <laughs> during their actual sports show, which they used to do all the time. When I used to guest host, I'd see like the text line and you would see like it just light up with like people complaining about it when you would start talking about like when 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 uh, Wallach and I would do like the Beverly Hills 90210 trivia off or something like that. People would be Uh uh, extremely angry with us that we weren't talking. We had the audacity to not talk about uh, 
Bill Belichick's uh, 4-3 defense for an entire 15 minutes. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's exactly what I want to listen to on my ride into work. I want to hear uh I want to I want to hear a breakdown of uh the, the Patriots offense and what it's going to take to beat the Bengals this week. Yeah, that's, I that's hear really what I need. linemen are controlling their gaps or not on the in the, uh, <laughs> in the defensive formation. That's very exciting stuff. Yeah, it, yeah, I'm going to drive off the road when that stuff comes on the air. How many um, completions that uh uh Mac Jones had during uh, the second practice of uh training camp, you know, that's very important stuff well this it goes back to like and this is what's annoying and i get it patriots you know uh are number one i get that but like even now they suck like why is so much time being devoted to them on radio tv and everything when like bruins are kicking ass celtics are doing well like that's where i always go and i get it i understand patriots are number one I, i i get it but like at the same time it is it's it's like oh my really we're doing like Belichick again. You I know? think it's because they don't know any better. They don't know any different. I think it, it well, yeah. like uh, you know it it became such a default over the last twenty years, twenty plus years, or twenty five years, uh, when Brady was here and they were great. That that was the king. That was the thing you were going to talk about. That was going to dominate like eighty percent of uh, the discussion at all times uh, of all the four sports on TV and radio, and like you know. You know, there's certain shows too, like, um, you know, Beetle and Zoe. Are they gonna talk ninety uh, percent Bruins or ninety percent Patriots? I think it's fairly obvious what they're gonna yes. talk. About. Like, you know, when when you see the how the um, some of the shows are comprised too, it makes sense. So I, I totally get it too, and I've accepted that. And it was, it was definitely like that at NBC Sports Boston when I was there, where like sometimes you would get frustrated because you're like. I want to do a weekly segment, uh, Bruins segment or NHL segment, and I want to yeah. do this and I want to do that. It was just like, yeah, that's not going to happen. We've got, uh, you know, Tom Curran doing uh, six segments uh, a week on uh, what happened in training camp that day and who dressed for practice and all this other stuff. Which, uh, if you ever talked about that via the Bruins, they'd be like, why are we talking about this? That's the most yes. boring, boring topic in the world. I'm like, we just did that on the Patriots yesterday. I don't know. <laughs> You're right, and but uh, you know, again, that has opened the door though for podcasts like uh, yours and mine yes. and and Connor's to, for a place for people to go for Bruins where we just talk Bruins and like it's yep. fun and and that's why we do well. Like it, it's a, it's a good thing. So um, there are pros and cons. There are pros and cons. Uh, but speaking of just like speaking everything of, in life, just like it's everything, tr- in life. it's true. There's pros and cons to everything. Um, speaking of. Things not getting enough time, or p- people not getting enough time. Uh, there has been criticism thrown at Jim Montgomery uh, for the lack of usage of some of the younger players uh, on the roster, guys like Merkulov, uh, Steen, Beecher at times, Lauko, Lowry, uh, coming from uh, Thursday night's game. 6-5, epic thriller that the Penguins pulled out. Um, and you know, there were some things about, uh, they didn't, u- he didn't use his, uh, those younger players in the third period, uh, during crunch time. And are you worried at all about his usage as some of these younger players, uh, whether it be Thursday night or just in general? I mean, I'm not really worried about it. Like <clears throat> that happens in hockey. Uh, Mason Lowry was a minus three, you know, yeah. like he was on ice, uh, for three of those goals that Pittsburgh scored in the first, like. 25 minutes or so of that game like uh he was a liability he was bad you know like he Mm. shouldn't have been playing the second half of that game to tell you the truth i I could flip this and i will talk a little bit more about it later on some level i'm worried that some of the young guys can't hold up enough of the bargain to keep um the heavy workload off 
the best players and the players that you want to not be playing so many minutes right now. And that's a problem. Like I'm worried, like a game like last night, Mason Lowry played eight minutes and 23 seconds season low. He was Mm -hmm. a minus three. He was awful in that game last night. And like some of it may have been, you know, carryover from Columbus. Uh, He takes that puck to the mouth. He has to have dental work the next day in between misses practice, loses a tooth. Like that's a tough stretch of a few days for a 22 year old kid, but he was not good last night. Not good clearing the front of the net, not good in zone coverage, not really good at anything defensively. And that turned into Hampus Lindholm having to play 29 minutes last night. Yeah. Almost 30 minutes. That turned into Charlie McAvoy going 26 plus minutes last night. You know, that, that turned into, and they enter a stretch um, starting Saturday against Tampa, where they're playing, I think it's five games in eight days, including a trip out west, uh, Colorado, uh, Arizona. Um, is it Seattle, I think, too? Oh, no, Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then St. Louis. So you're talking about a super grueling stretch coming up, and they were forced to play guys that many minutes last night at home um, in a game they didn't even get a point out of. Like, that's a killer. And uh, not just him. Uh, Merkulov had five minutes and 33 seconds last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fourth line, uh, Merkulov, Oscar Steen, um, and, Lauko. Uh, and Lauko, no, Lauko didn't play, right? Wasn't Lauko, was Lauko a scratch or did he play? Was he out last night? I forget. Yeah. They didn't play, so I forget. <laughs> I thought Beach, I'm blanking on who was it. Was Beecher out last Thursday night? Yeah, no, Beecher played last night. So it was Lauko was in the press box. I saw him, uh, like, um, walking by. Oh, never mind. And I was up there. So I think it was Beecher, um, it was Beecher, um, Merkulov, and Steen. Um, they were awful early in that game. I think they were running around in the first period, the first shift they went out there. So Montgomery barely played them. Mm-hmm. Hostinek ended up with 23-plus minutes last night. Um, Martian was over 20. Zaka was over 20. Um, well over 20, Zaka and, and Pasternak. Pasternak had 23-plus minutes. So the the fact that those guys, again, couldn't hold up their end of the bargain, Merkulov has looks like looks like the action's too fast for him. It looks like he's been chasing it since he's been up here. He has not had mm-hmm. the puck a lot. He did hit the post once in one of the games earlier on. You know, he's had a couple of moments, but for the most part, it looks like he's not processing the game as fast as he needs to, and he's not moving as fast as he needs to, and he's chasing a lot. Um so the fact that the fourth line was that ineffective last night, Beecher hasn't been great lately either. Um, the fact that they're chasing, that the, he couldn't play the fourth line, didn't feel confident enough to play the fourth line because the young guys, again, are, are not playing well enough. Um, that is very problematic. You know, I, I, I understand sometimes fans want to get into the traditional, like the coach should just play the kids and, You know, you got to put them out there and you got to have trust in them in the third period. If they're not playing good hockey, you can't put them out there. You know, you're, you're, it's the National Hockey League. It's not a developmental league. They're trying to win games. You know, they have to win games. There's a lot of pressure on Montgomery and everybody else to make the playoffs, to finish as well as they can. It's not the AHL where you can play players at the expense of wins and losses. That's just not how it works in the NHL. Well, so, so in front, it's, I think for, for people that understand that, it's frustrating when you hear the, he doesn't play the kids, he's hurting the kids, you know, blah, 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 blah. If they play well enough, they're going to be in. That's the bottom line. Like, I think Montgomery has not 
has not shown a track record of distrust of young players. I think what he shows is you have to earn it and you have to be able to play well enough for him to have the confidence to put you in there. And that is just traditional hockey 101. That's That's hockey. Earning the coach's trust to get in there in the third period of a one goal game, you know, like that's got nothing to do with like being hesitant to play the kids, like whatever. So I'm not necessarily. And that's at any level. That's at your, that's like, that's high school, college, your son's team. Like you've got. I'm I'm not concerned about like him not playing the kids. I'm concerned that they're not, it, when it gets to the dog days in January and February, when it gets to the grind, when it gets really difficult and things ramp up in intensity, you worry that they're not going to be good enough to hold up their end of the bargain. And it's going to turn into so much as on the shoulders of the best players because Montgomery has to throw them out there too much that they're going to empty the gas tank before they get into the playoffs. And that's a very real concern with this team. And that's part of the reason we see these swoons uh, now at this point in the season, uh, you know, you, when they go off the rails for four games and give up like 17, 18, 19 goals, it's not because they suddenly forgot how to play hockey. It's because I think all the minutes that they're playing are catching up to them and the schedule is catching up to them and they just don't have the energy in the legs and you need to stretch out the lineup and get every, some stuff from everybody in order to avoid that happening. And Bingo. I, I, that's a real problem right now. And you saw that in the second period on Thursday's game when just they break down after breakdown, but you nailed it. It's not a Montgomery problem. Like this, no. I this is not. Oh, Montgomery's got to play the fourth line more. He's got to play six D. Like, um, I, it's not that. The problem is, your fourth line is all rookies. Yep. Your fourth line is entirely rookies. Yeah, and it wasn't and, supposed to be that way. The Milan Lucic situation it really hurt the Bruins. Like they are. It did. They need a fourth line, a veteran fourth line, physical presence guy that maybe has a little bit of an offensive spark. You know, a guy that can has a little bit of dynamic offensive ability, like in a bottom six kind of way. They need that kind of player. I think they're short, like an established NHL fourth line guy um, that they lost with Lucic. And I think they need to bring somebody in to replace that. I agree. I mean, Garnet Hathaway last year was kind yeah. of the, the prototypical yeah. guy you would need on that line. Because, yes. again, in a game against Pittsburgh where you're chasing the game throughout and it's a back and forth affair – that stuff's going to happen down the stretch. That stuff's going to happen in the playoffs. Uh, Lauko, Beecher, and Steen, or when Merkulov's down there, they will have some good games. And they've had good games this year. It's not like they've just they've sucked. They have. They have, but the goals in the offense has not been there. Has all. not been has not been there. Not and are, are you going to trust them in a close <laughs> game against a team like Pittsburgh? Probably not. And he doesn't. And you roll three lines. And, I, you know, I agree with you. It's going to catch up to them at some point. I um, think if you put a veteran, like a, a Garnet Hathaway type, like like somebody that is a, a banger and somebody that can do a little bit offensively, has a little bit of offensive upside it, on the wing on that fourth line, and you put him with Beecher and Lauko, I think that could be a very workable fourth line. I think that could be an effective fourth line. Um, I just think they need to find another piece out there. I think that's one of the – everybody wants to talk about top, top six center. I think that's one of the pieces they absolutely need more than a top six center right now is somebody that they can plug into the fourth line, and they also need a, a defensive banger. They need somebody that's a defenseman that is going to be dirty, mean, and nasty in the D zone and clear bodies from the front of the net. Both of those things are doable at the deadline and, and things that aren't going to be super expensive and, and things that are – realistic that they can get Elias Lindholm not realistic you know no that, I, I I agree with you on that stuff they need to be targeting 
I agree. I completely agree. Uh, before we get into the rest of the conversation, quick word, Hags, quick word from our good friends over at FanDuel. The NFL season is wrapping up, and there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. Now, the app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. So, Hags, we're actually recording this during the World Junior game. Can um, I just say really quickly, what a magnificent bastard that Gary Tangway is when he makes a read like that. He makes us seem Gary's like he makes us he yeah. makes us seem so low rent with our voices. It's there is gravitas to Gary Tangway that I could only dream about having someday. Oh my god, I didn't know him. I you worked with him forever. I don't know. Oh. I've never met him, but. The voice he used, to, is... he used to do the, uh, the one of the uh, car commercials too, where he'd be like the twelve ton six ounce nutcracker, and it was all <laughs> it was on like New England, like whatever. So it was like a regional commercial, so you'd hear it on TV all the time, and it was Tanger just delivering this awesome uh, read about a a nutcracker of a pickup truck that you need to go out and buy. Yeah, but, I mean he he like the voice. There was a movie or a show. I was watching years ago that he, I remember just watching it. He was in, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, oh, my yeah. God, that's Gary Tangway. I forget dad, the show. My dad's in the Screen Actors Guild, and he's been in a lot of movies. Uh, so he and my dad will see each other, like, at auditions and, like, have seen each other at, like, acting stuff, like, when movies and TV shows. Is your dad an actor? Yes, he he's in the Screen Actors Guild, yeah. I did not know that. That's so cool. Yes, that's he fascinating. So he always uh, – and his, his nickname is Stump, uh, Stump Haggerty. And uh, whenever I see Tanger, he's always asking me to ask uh, – Ask how Stump is doing and tell Stump I said hello. That's awesome. That's yes. great. Um, but anyways, uh, World Juniors is on as we record this. I don't yeah. have a TV near me, so I don't know what's happening. Zero to zero, uh, halfway through the first period. 
Okay. Uh, this is going to be like a wa- watch party. Turn that's, why, the, uh, that's why I'm glad this is a quick uh, podcast so I can uh, maybe miss the first period and then jump right it, in. Exactly. Well, it, like um, – we uh, people during the playoffs are always like, why don't you do a watch party like a live stream and you, you we can see your reaction as we watch and I'm like that sounds miserable man like yeah. having a camera on you for three hours is you yeah. like you know I gotta go to the bathroom I gotta go get like more chips or something a watch camera um, on me while I'm doing my job covering a game of the garden would not be interesting at all oh I it's so boring watching what's going on <laughs> it would I would not be, be so boring I would not be compelling in any way shape or form no I sit there like just like. Like note, you know, so uh, no no watch parties uh, here. Anyway, uh, World Junior is on right now. Patra is home from World Junior. Yeah. Uh, where do you see him slotting in uh, whenever they decide to put him back in the lineup? Yeah, I mean, it's probably. I would suspect it's going to be in like a third line center sort of situation. You know, they've been kind of piecing together a third line the last few games uh, with Frederick playing center. Between Danton Heinen and James Van Riemsdyk, uh, that's not the ideal solution. I, I think you 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 could potentially see, um, you know, Freddie and JVR with uh, Patra in the middle. I think that would be you know a decent look. Um, but he could play with a lot of different players. Obviously, he's had good chemistry with Geeky, but Geeky's playing really well with other players right now. He had a goal and three points against Pittsburgh. He and uh, Pasternak were outstanding in that game, uh, and Marshan was too. Um, so, like, there's a few different possibilities, but I, I suspect it's going to be in, like, a pseudo third-line kind of role. I would also suspect that Merkulov is going to go back down to Providence just because I don't think, mm. A, he's been all that great since he's been here, and understandably so. That happens a lot where a guy's got to, you know, go up and down a couple times before it really takes. Um, but I, I think, you know, you put him there, you put Beecher back on the fourth line, maybe you put Heinen with Beecher and Lauko. Maybe that's something that could work at least in the interim until you maybe find, you know, somebody that's more of a conventional fourth line piece. But, um, you know, I, I think putting him between big bodies like JVR and, and uh, Frederick makes a lot of sense. Maybe putting him, if you want to work in pairs and you put him with geeky, that would make sense too. But like with Jim Montgomery, I think we've learned one thing, even if that's where he puts him to start, he's not going to stay there very long with the same players. Jim Montgomery like changes things around a lot with the forwards I think that's his style, and I also think that's by necessity out of the pieces that they have. I don't think this is a traditional group of forwards where there's going to be like no. lines that don't ever change like uh, Cassidy had a few years ago when he had the perfection line and everything else. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm more interested, less interested to see who he's going to start with and more interested to see what the usage is going to be, how much they're going to use the load management sort of like healthy scratch resting philosophy with him what he's going to look like coming off world juniors, you know, is that going to be a good experience for him where he's going to come back with a lot of confidence and jump? Is it going to be an experience where he's going to look like he did before he left? Obviously uh, everybody's hoping for the the latter rather than, or the former rather than the latter, but we'll see. I mean, I, one thing is for sure, right? Like when you watched Merkulov, the puck didn't follow him around like it did Patra when he was there. No, so not even close. Like, like, I think Patra is a much better fit at the NHL level than Merkulov is. And it's obvious when you're watching Merk, when you watch Merkulov play and kind of chase uh, the puck around and you watched um, and you've watched Patra play where he's made plays, he can hold on to the puck and he forces defenses to react to him instead of chasing everything around like uh, Merkulov has done to a bit. Uh, to and that's the, 
And that's the difference between a hockey IQ of someone who's destined for the top six versus the bottom six, I think. And, and you know, maybe that develops with Merkulov as things go along, but I, well, I agree I, with you. Yeah, and to be fair to Merkulov, he's been playing sort of – he's been slotted in kind of a bottom six role. Uh, 100%. Moment, which, which he might be miscast in, and maybe that's part of the reason we're seeing everything that we're seeing too is he hasn't really been in there with the skill guys. But, uh, you know, I, I just think – Side by side, when you're looking at the two of them as centers that are young, that are like trying to establish themselves in the NHL, Patra has impressed me. Even in his, you know, even in games where he hasn't been as strong, he still has the puck on his stick a lot. Like I, yeah. I Merkulov, I have not seen that out of him uh, to the point where it's made me sit up and take notice as of yet. Yes, in an interesting way that we could stream online. That yeah, it hasn't happened yet. That's um, <laughs> I think you hit it. Uh, to me, like when you bring Patra back. I would rather him be down the middle than on the wing. Um, I know Frederick has worked well with JVR and Heinen recently, but to me, you said it, JVR, Patra, uh, Frederick. And then, as we kind of just discussed, that fourth line needs a little bit of an older presence, someone that Montgomery trusts. Montgomery does trust someone like Danton Heinen. He plays a responsible game. He's not your typical fourth line banger, and I don't know if he's a long-term solution, but I wouldn't mind seeing Lauko Beecher Heinen down in that fourth line and seeing if that changes anything with the personnel that you have. Um, because again, I, I, as I said, I would rather Potra be down the middle and with two big bodies like JVR and Frederick on his left and right. Um, and as Montgomery kind of continues to see what trios work, yep. I like that. So to me, I think that's the spot you put him in. Um, and I and Geeky's been dynamite in the top six, a three point night on Thursday. Uh, he's looked better. I think he continues to sort of progress. So I like him a lot. Like I, I, he is not a flashy player. He's not somebody that really made you sit up and take notice the first few months with his skill level. Uh, but when you watch him over a long period of time and you watch him as he's gotten more comfortable, you see the way he plays. And it's a very sort of old school way that he plays where it's like hard skill. It's like blue collar skill that he has. It's like, you need to see him make plays a few different times doing what he's doing before you believe it's not coincidence. And he's actually trying to do that. You know, it's like, it's not like dangling through somebody. It's like leading yourself with the puck a little bit and winning a battle with the guy physically, and then going and getting the puck you left there while you were battling to get through it. And it's like, it's like a step up. It's like a step up of Nolachari. Kind of yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's like impressive to watch but it's a very old school way that he plays. And he's kind of a throwback player in that way. And, uh, but it's all based on second and third effort. It's based on him being like six, three, 210 pounds and being very strong and, and winning all of his battles when he, when he's, uh, you know, around the puck and when he's in 50, 50 battles for the puck and, you know, being around the net and, and making things happen. He's also got a very good shot too, which he showed off the other night when uh, Pasternak found him with that pass. So, like I, I, I've, I've come, I, I now understand and see what the NHL, um, what the Bruins NHL scouts and what the advanced scouts saw in him when they wanted to sign him in free agency. And, and I've been pretty impressed with him. Now, is he a center? I don't know because he's awful in the faceoff circle. There's yeah. a bunch of those centers right now that are really struggling in faceoffs. I think I like him better on the wing with Matt Patra uh, and them together because I think they've shown a lot of really good chemistry when you get your you know, playoff um, lineup together or your best lineup, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but like, I think it's good now to see him at least getting confidence and building up his points and his offense and, you know, really settling into who he's going to be with the Bruins. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And right now it seems to be, uh, it seems to be working out. Uh, before we get to the rest of our conversation, uh, a quick word from our friends over at 
HelloFresh. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Breaking the action to tell you about our delicious friends over at HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. A crazy schedule can make it easy to fall back into your dinnertime recipe rut. But keep mealtime exciting with over 40 recipes to choose from every week. There's always something delicious to discover with HelloFresh. Turn to HelloFresh Market for yummy add-ons and enjoy the season's limited time fall flavors lineup. It's that time of year, right? Things get you in the mood, like apple cider cake with caramel sauce. All the ingredients come fresh, from the crushed tomatoes to the Italian chicken sausage mix to the Parmesan cheese. It's delicious, and I feel like a chef when I'm doing it. What's better than that? And this is a busy time of year for me with hockey starting up. I don't always have a ton of time, so this recipe makes it quick to enjoy something amazing. So, join in on the fun. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Bruins and use code 50Bruins for 50% off plus free shipping. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Bruins and use code 50Bruins for 50% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Now, back to the show. So go from Gary Tangway to me voicing it. So it's a little, it's a talking very about, steep, talking about steep the downgrade. Add, talking about the yummy add-ons. Well, clearly I could, I could hear the smile on your face when you were talking about the yummy add-ons. It's good. Hags, I'm not kidding. I use HelloFresh all the time. Like I, 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 uh, we, we definitely have our share of HelloFresh here in the Haggerty household as well. Yes, yes. Uh, hello, fresh all the way. Um, anyways, Jim Montgomery was on Toucher and Hardy uh, on Thursday morning, and he was asked about uh, using the goalie tandem in the playoffs, and he said, "Yes, we, you know, fully intend on on doing so." Uh, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but it was to that sentiment. Um, and then I saw the clip, of course, of of uh, Felger being like, "Oh, we'll do it. I want to see it. It's a bad decision. This and that." I- I've been consistent on this. I want to see them roll it out. I want to see them roll out. The tandem come the playoffs. Um, I think you agree with me on this. Um, and I, I, you know, again, it doesn't have to be Swayman, Olmark, Swayman, Olmark, Swayman, Olmark, Swayman, Olmark. Uh, it can be, you know, guy plays two games, plays well, then you bring the other guy in, see how he does. It doesn't have to be exactly every other game. I don't think it has to be. Um, so I'm curious what you think. Well, See, what I feel, and I've been pretty consistent about this, is I would like Jeremy Swayman to get the ball to start with. And then, and I think it's trending that way with how he's been playing. Like, I think that is only fair since Allmark has twice gotten, you know, a lot of slack. And, and, you know, then Allmark gets thrown into these really difficult situations at the end of series the last, you know, two years in the playoffs. I would like to see Allmark start game one of the playoffs and then go from there. Like, if he's lights out. You mean Swayman? I mean, Swayman, I'm sorry. 
if, if Swayman is lights out in game one, and, and, and are they really going to go away from him and like say, I got to do the no way. No. Um, I would like to see, and, and you know, if Swayman starts game one, he plays good, but not great. And they lose whatever, like go with all Mark in game two. And then kind of, I think they should start with that in mind. And that is the aim. I don't think it should be a straight jacket where they have to do it if they don't feel mm-hmm. like it's necessary or they feel like they want to go in a different direction. Um, I, I just, the, the one sort of caveat to all that, the one condition I have to all of that is I want to see Jeremy Swayman start game one of the playoffs this yeah. year in the first round and see what he can do when he's given a good position at the start of the postseason and allowed to have the same uh, honors that Ulmark has had the last two years in a row and see if he can do something different with it. See if he can seize control of the job and, and go from there. And it sounds funny to say this uh, the day after he gave up six goals uh, and got beat by Sidney Crosby in the third period for a power play goal in a six to five loss to the Penguins where yes, the defense sucked in front of him. They weren't clearing bodies. They were allowing point blank shots from the slot. Uh, they were allowing chances off the rush. But there was also maybe a goal or two in there that Swayman, uh, you know, could have stopped uh, when he was under siege and didn't too. Um, so, like, he wasn't his best self uh, in that game either, uh, even though I didn't think he was bad by any means. Um, so it, it's a little funny the timing to say this, but like, I stick by it that I think he should start game one, and then they can decide from there. Uh, decide from there if, like, it's pointing towards going with Allmark in game two, and you didn't get the result quite that you wanted. Fine. Uh, but if like if Swayman comes in and they win like three to nothing and he makes like 30 saves, like go with him in game two. And then when you feel like you need to make the change and you're getting that urge to make the change, you feel like it's necessary. Do it right then. Don't give that goalie another game or two like they did with Ulmark last year when they should have pulled yes. him out in game five. And, and they didn't. And um, they ended up going uh, with Ulmark and sticking with him. And it was too late by the time they brought Swayman in in game seven. I don't want to see that kind of a situation or a situation where Tuka Rask is like hurt and they have like Swayman there and they won't use him and they will play the whole hurt goalie instead because he says he wants to play. Like, I don't want any of that. Like, go mm-hmm. with the goalie that makes sense. If it turns into like a Moog Lemelin situation where they're rotating them, great. Uh, but if it turns into a situation where one of them just like says, I'm taking this job and you're not taking it from me in the playoffs, I'm your guy, even better. I just think when push comes to shove, it's going to be really difficult for any NHL coach to say, I am I am a robot. I am starting Allmark 1, Swayman 2, Allmark 3, Swayman 4, and just do that through the whole play. I don't see that happening. I don't think that's going to happen at all. Yeah, I think it's more practical the way you mentioned it of like, you know, Swayman has a good game one. Great. Start him game two, right? And then he plays two in a row. Okay, we'll throw Allmark in for three if, if Swayman is not as hot as he was in game one. Give right. Swayman the night off. See how Allmark does. Maybe if if Olmark is hot, he goes again. And if he isn't, you put Swayman back in. And I think you can do that. I agree. It does not have to be Swayman game one, Olmark game two. Swayman game three. Like, it does not have to be that. Um, But I I I do want... It's kind of pointless. It's it's like a pointless radio stunt to ask about the goalie rotation in friggin' January. January, like, third. Like, so much change between now and then. Like, they're looking for something that they could say, oh, he told Toucher and Hardy this. It's like, it's January, dude. Asking about the goalie, what they're going to do with the goalies in the playoffs in January is meaningless. Let's talk about that like when the playoffs are right around the corner and it's like right before the playoffs start. Then you'll get a better read on the situation and what and what they're going to do because they're not going to stick with it 
in uh, April just because they said that's what their intention is to do right now in January. That's ridiculous. That'd be funny if, uh, you know, they, they uh, goalie Bob's like, we're going to go swimming for the whole playoffs. And Montgomery's like, but I said this on Toucher and Hardy <laughs> yeah, back yeah. in January. Dance. I got right. to stick with, I got to stick with my word. I told uh, Hardy anyway. this back in January. I got to stick with it now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, anyways, Hags, uh, thank you for joining. Uh, oh, for what sure. can people look, what can people look forward to from you? Uh, what, what would you like to plug? Uh, consistently excellent and enthusiastic hockey coverage uh, in all facets, uh, Evan. That's what they can look forward to. Go to joehaggerty.substack.com. Uh, you can get all of my stuff. Uh, sign up for a premium membership. You get all my content, everything I write about the Bruins and the NHL, sent straight to your inbox. And clearly, you got to go to Boston Sports Journal, Journal as well, uh, bostonsportsjournal.com. I write columns after every single Bruins game. Uh, working with a uh, host of talented people there, including Greg Bedard and Mike Giardi. Uh, and you can also go and listen to the Pucks with Hags podcast, of which you've been a fine guest on more than one occasion uh, here at the CLNS Network. We uh, drop episodes twice a week. I've got one coming up with uh, Steve Conroy and uh, Mark Diver. Uh, that should be fun. And uh, we got we got some updates from Diver on uh, – I, he's usually down on Fabian Lysel down in Providence, but he actually had some decent things to say about Fabian. Oh, Lysel. wow. Okay. I'm excited for this. People should look forward to that. But uh, it was, it was from his Barca lounger. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so we always appreciate what he broadcasts from there. So it's good stuff. Uh, people should check that out when it drops. Yeah, it's perfect. That's awesome. Well, Hags, I appreciate it uh, as always. And uh, you Bruins beat listeners have a great rest of your week. Team.